podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. G'day, it's James Baldwin here, welcoming you to another episode of Oz F1. And a bit of a sadder beginning to our episode this week as we remember Antoine Hubert uh, tragically losing his life in the F2 race on Saturday. It is a timely reminder that Formula One is not a safe sport and these drivers risk everything every time they get on track. So I hope you'll join us in remembering him. And in the studio, as always, for Oz F1, I'm joined by my friends and yours, friends by definition, not by actions, <laughs> Campy and Tommy T. G'day, gents. How Boys. are we going? Yeah, good. <laughs> yes, good to see you both. Uh, well, we've, we're back. We're back. We're back. From the summer break. Jeez, that break was way too long. Yeah, and... Uh, Lewis Hamilton was even saying that he felt it was a week and a half too long as well, and I, for once, actually agree with him. It is when you're winning the championship by that much, maybe. Yeah, very true. Very yeah. true. Yeah. Hey, uh, not a great uh, start to qualifying. Uh, obviously, the crash on Saturday with Antoine not uh, not putting anyone's spirits in a good mood. Really interesting to see how many uh, people were affected, but also how the teams really galvanised together. And indeed, the sport as a whole, I reckon F1, 2 and 3 as a category got together. Um, as I said at the intro, it's a, it's a timely reminder that this is not a safe sport by any stretch of the imagination, no. especially if you look at Eau Rouge, you know, the, the cars coming over the top of that corner. Like, it's a, it's incredible to watch. Blind until you're literally over the top. So, uh, anyway, it, it's, a, it's a timely reminder, and I think it's definitely worth noting that it would have been an incredibly hard weekend for everyone in an F3 and then an F1 car, but specifically for the uh, the three rookies at least who were racing with Antoine last year and Charles as well um, and Pierre Gasly too, of course, all racing in the same thing as well as Esteban Ocon. I mean, there's just so many young people who were racing at the same level as Antoine. So really affected, but it didn't stop a pretty good race, gents. Uh, we It wasn't exactly the best race of the season, Certainly, if you're a Daniel Ricciardo fan like us and you just watch him getting absolutely slammed towards the back of the pack. But certainly good for Charles Leclerc to have his first win. I'm just happy that Mercedes wasn't in the first position. <laughs> Didn't really care who it was, to be completely honest, as long yeah. as it wasn't Lewis Hamilton. I <laughs> uh, wouldn't mind VB, to be perfectly fair as well. But uh, we will get to that. Uh, but, gents, what I'd like to do before we dive into the race is talk about some bloody rumours, shall we? As campy as our rumour monger here at Oz F1. Uh, campy, there's some things going on in the summer break that really slam yeah, some people Just to after our, we recorded our mid-season report, uh, everything sort of happened overnight, didn't it? Yep. Um, we chose a bad other, day, didn't we, to record? We should have waited. Other than Albon getting the promotion, uh, Valtteri Bottas re-signed, Ocon re-signed for next year with uh, Renault, which pushes out Hulkenberg. So the rumours have been pretty strong with him going to Haas next year. Yep. Gunther's come out publicly and said... He wouldn't mind him. He wouldn't mind him. And so. Ocon's on a two-year contract as well. So that's which is an interesting, interesting point, as well, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm. So they've got yeah, Renault have set themselves up for that 2020, 2021 season with a, at least some comparison from the years before. I don't think Danny Rick will stay, but we don't know yet. Um, what else have we got? We've got a 23 got race sh- calendar for next year. Incredible. Which is, Spain is still around, which is frustrating. Jeez. <laughs> oh, and we've got uh, our favourite 
uh, Checker has re-signed for a Three thousand years. years. <laughs> Three years. <laughs> FM politics like makes no sense to me sometimes. That is a long time. That in is F1, a very long it? time. Well, that's into the new regulations. I just don't, there must be some significant money coming from his backing to to get that. Oh, absolutely. Well, he bought, what's their main sponsor? It's BWT, isn't it? BWT and Sport Pizza, which is the... Sport Pizza is his background. Correct. Yep. Um, but in- interesting anyway, but I've, I can't think of anyone who I would sign for three years at this point, not even Lewis Hamilton, to be perfectly honest. Just with the regulation changes coming up, a lot can happen in 12 months and then going into that car for 2021. 20, so that's the news around the paddock in terms of team and driver changes. We've still got a number of people to secure ahead of next year for contracts as well. Robert Kubica isn't staying, we don't reckon. Um, certainly Grosjean's probably going to leave, as you said, for Hulkenberg to be replacing him. Uh, Stroll is obviously locked in, Daddy's Boys team, and oh, alongside Checo. We'll, we'll talk about him in a minute. because <laughs> Your favourite person. Uh, but some, oh, there's a lot of stuff going on, wasn't there? I think uh, it was... Everything was overshadowed by what happened in F2. Um, but I think, yeah, personally, I think that the biggest story would have been, if it wasn't the F2 thing, would have been how Pierre Gasly performed back in the Toro Rosso and how Albon performed in the Red Bull. And I have to say credit to both of them because I actually think Pierre drove a pretty good race considering you know his, one of his best mates in racing has just passed away and he's in a less a lesser car than he was before. Anyway, we shall come to it. Hey, if you're new to Oz F1, thank you for listening. And of course, welcome along. Uh, we'd love if you could take a time, if, if it's right now at the end of the podcast, to review the podcast and rate us five stars. Tommy's not interested if you rate us anything else, so please just do it five stars. <laughs> you can um, write what you want, just <laughs> give us five. <laughs> It definitely will help us uh, get further along. And boys, as we've spoken about ages and ages ago, we want to get a, a stand up right this interview segment uh, with people associated with Formula One from an Australian point of view. So that will help us along. Gents, let's chat a little bit about the race. I just want to get your opinion on a few things first, and then we'll dive in team by team, shall we? Campy, driver of the race, go. One word, that's all you get. No explanation. Norris. Okay. Bloody wow. Hell. Lucky that I'm sitting hurt. down. Are you okay? Well, no, just considering where McLaren was all weekend after qualifying, I know Norris got helped out on the grid because of all, this, all the ridiculous amount of penalties, but the start, he got so lucky, just put the car in the perfect place to avoid all the carnage, and he was up to fifth by the end of the Camel Straight, so... That's and very was, clever by uh, him as well, though. Like, there's uh, very good. With putting I'm not the saying car was, there. I'm not saying it was clever. It was. I'm saying it was clever. It was. <laughs> no, it's, this is motor racing. It's good luck. These things happen sometimes. You still got to do what you got to do. do. Yeah. And he drove really well. I mean, it was it was a no man's race for him. He was 20 seconds back from the leading four, and he was 15 seconds clear of the mid pack for his engine to burn out. On the second last lap, oh, he still got classified. But the fact when he went shame. seven places in 150 meters, yeah. But that's what happens when so you have. Ju- that's pretty good. That's, that's cool what happens me. when you have juvenile drivers like Lance Stroll. That oh, and the two horses he went past. Yeah, look, anyway, <laughs> he he, he passed. Did, yeah. He drove really well. Both horses, Perez, Raikkonen, who obviously got hit by Max, Hulkenberg, Ricardo, and Max. Yeah, but they all had to avoid a collision. 
I'm just so saying, he had to go wide. <laughs> I'm just saying, look, he played it very – you watch the, the onboard. Yeah, he's not driving particularly well. Was, he just was very good at where he put the car and decided <laughs> to hang back for a second. It was blind luck. <laughs> I think so your driver talented. of the day, you're Lando, still giving him shit. You're very talented. We love you on the podcast, two-thirds majority. That's yeah. that's all no, that matters. He drove really well. He yeah. did. I was, and I'll give a mention huge. to Lewis Hamilton. He Who? is – he was you, unbelievable ah, yesterday. No, take that back. We don't talk nope. about him on this podcast. He will not be mentioned. I can't stand him either, but he was... Doesn't seem that way. He was, he was, he was okay driving a fast car. Tommy, you're uh. tri- <laughs> your driver of the day. If you say Hamilton, I'm kicking you out. I'm going to go Albon. Yeah, I was, I was very impressed. My man. Um, a lot of pressure. Huge that was pretty much what everyone was talking about. Huge amount of pressure, but also not a lot of pressure at the same time. Being yeah. Starting not... Technically, at the back of the grid, yep. um, he ended up starting in 14th. So yep. he was still close I mean, enough towards the middle. And so he should have got through that whole mid-pack with that car. Uh, yeah, but then if he didn't, he would have been scrutinised. And if he did what he did, he'd be like, yeah, well, you should have. So <laughs> yes, he funny, couldn't win and he had to win. Like yep. It was a very, very tough situation. I think he just did exactly what he had to do. When Max went out in lap one, he was the only Red Bull. I think maybe a little bit pressure off, but then again, is it more pressure to go, well, we need to get some points for our team. Mm. Um, there's a great photo on uh, Albon's Instagram if you want to have a look. It's the whole pit crew hanging out over the barrier for him finishing and crossing the line, like very excited for him. I just think a mature drive, and that's what we've said about him throughout the season. Yeah, Very mature, did what he had to do. That great overtake against our man Danny Rick on the outside, that was... Wasn't that good. It was pretty good. He, he had way better tyres. Uh, Danny Rick was on 40-lap old tyres <laughs> and uh, had no traction, no grip. Can I just say about that, though? But it, he... Albon's not having it. No, no. Albon did a great job, but I think hats off to Danny Rick who gave him the space. Oh, for sure. And not, didn't didn't open the door, but gave him the gentleman amount of space Respect. to mm. let him through. But it was risky. He can't right. Back. Oh yeah, yeah. Could have clicked the front wing. Race could have been. Not over many people really would go quickly. for the move there. Is what I'm saying. Like, he yeah. went for a move there, and we haven't seen an overtake there pretty much ever. Very impressive. What I think is really interesting is is learning more about Albon and, and listening to the conversations around him leading up to the race. I mean, the fact that he only sat in the car on Friday for the first time yep. to have the seat properly fitted, which goes the same for um, going back to Torosso for Gasly, as, you know, as much as he'd driven that car before. But he, he sat in the car for the first time. He really spent the first half of the race figuring out how this car operates in racing conditions. Yep. And then he sorted it out. And as I said to you guys in the mid-season review, the thing I really enjoy about Alex is his adaptability. Mm-hmm. And he's not a dickhead. Yep. <laughs> he's actually a really nice he's guy. Super he seems lovely. really nice. <laughs> when, he talk, when he's talking to the press, he's just like, yep, I'm super honest. I'll be you know, I'm pretty fair. I thought I was going to Formula E last year because Red Bull had kicked me out of the program. <laughs> Next minute, I'm driving a Toro yep. Rosso. And I think he's he's worked really hard to, to be like that. He's very grounded. The point is, he drove an incredible race. Yeah. He is not used to that car. He had a lot of pressure when he did become the only Red Bull, mm-hmm. and he finished with Fifth. 10 points. Mm-hmm. And I, can I just say, look, all, all, everything you're saying is correct as well, but that his position in that team next year is not sold. No, no way. I saw an interview with Horner this weekend, and Horner came out and said, Kvyat is a known commodity in Red Bull. We know what we're going to get from him. Mm-hmm. Because we've got data from how good he was when he started, yep. from how bad he was when he was in the top team, and how good he's been this year. Yep. And he even said Albon has been outperformed by Kvyat at times this year. But 
we're giving Albon the shot for the next nine races because we've got nothing to lose. Let's see exactly. what the kid can do so we can get more data so that we can make an yep. informed decision for next year. Yep. I think it's his to lose, though. I think they're giving him a great opportunity. If he, if he does well, yep. he'll keep it. And I think it, it comes a lot down to personal brand off track as much as on track as well. And Pierre Gasly wasn't giving much. I mean, he had big shoes to fill in Danny Ricciardo. Like, you think about the, the amount of promotional work that the Red Bull guys have to do. You've got every Red Bull company in every city wanting a piece of you. Aston Martin wanting to hang on to you. Now, Honda doing things. Like, there's a lot of off-track pressure pressure, Albon's the kind of guy that looks like he can just sort it out and still make, you know, a lot of fun of the situation as well. Okay. Uh, favorite moment of the race, Campy, your favorite moment of the race. Um, Hamilton's overtake on Vettel. I wish you'd stop talking about him. I'm no, just, just because kill me. I'm trying to think what else happened. Like the straights were really overpowered. So a lot of the overtaking yeah. we did see wasn't super exciting. Um, and that was the best move of the race. Yeah. I mean, okay, I'll give you that. But I wish you'd pick someone that wasn't Hamilton. Well, the start was pretty awesome too. Yeah. I've got a new whipping boy too. I'm going to name him in a minute. It rhymes with LS. Yes, Tommy. His dad's a billionaire and he drives a pink car and he's shit. You gave it away. (laughs) We need to talk about how you release. You need to tease Do the reveal, rather. It's not my style. Tommy, that's Uh, not like you. Yep. I really like looking at the strategy side of things when – the Ferraris went first, tried for an undertake, um, just trying to see what Mercedes did. I think they ended up playing it right, but I wonder if they had have changed strategy, maybe just covered off and gone straight away. They might have got fresher rubber, might have caught Leclerc. Like, who knows? They took the gamble on Vettel and they threw him out to dry, really. Yeah. Because it was interesting. Toto was saying before the race that he didn't think it would be a one-stop. He goes, I don't think it would be a one-stop. Yeah. Well, then the safety car happened yeah, for well, a million the car, So yeah. at the start, threw all that out. Yeah, all my, yeah. Well, my favourite moment was but the Ferrari's safety car threw restarting. The bus. My favourite moment was yeah. the safety car restarting. And that ultimately... Where they all caught him up again. Yeah. And Charles like, yes, yes, yes. Oh. What? Uh, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, just, that really made me laugh. It's like, you really hope the engineers are on the headsets going, don't, just relax. <laughs> don't hit those tyres right up. You're about to find the back of that SLS. I think that ultimately won the race for Leclerc. You're One more right. lap, Hamilton had him. Was, his tyres were dead. You are absolutely right. Of course, let's talk about the best overall team on the day because this is something we haven't really ever spoken about, but this means pit stops, it means strategy, it means the drive as well, of course, but also how uh, the team principals talk on the day like and through the entire weekend. Because I think there's a lot of, if you watch, sit down and watch Formula One, all the way from the F1 show on Thursday, all the way through to the post-race on Sunday, there's a lot that goes on. There are a lot of interviews specifically of one some of the bigger team bosses. Yep. We all know that Gunter has the best interview we yep. love listening to Gunter. I actually really like listening to Christian Horner in terms of how he's very open and honest about what he's doing and what he thinks. Maybe not always open and honest about the dealings he has with drivers like Fernando Alonso, for example. But what do you think, gents? Because I, you look at some of the pit stops, like Mercedes had some pretty rubbish pit stops this yeah. time around. Williams had some pretty good pit stops and often Williams' best point in the entire race is when the car is in the pits and they're whacking you tires <laughs> That's when they're the it. fastest. Seriously, it's really great. You have to take your hats off to the pit crew for Williams. Like, yep. they are constantly quick. 
What do you reckon, Kevy? Who's your fa- like team in terms of like everything? And you're not allowed to say Mercedes. <laughs> I was going to say Mercedes. Yeah, that's why I got in. But I would only say that. Well, I'm going. No, I'm going to say them because of how far, how how much quicker that Ferrari was over one lap. Mm. For them to get both drivers in front of a dominant Ferrari, like as in Vettel, and to probably should have had the win. If there was one more lap, we're talking about what ifs, but for me, they're still the best performing. I don't think Ferrari is a one-dimensional car at the moment. Oh, it's yeah. quick over one lap, yep, and on three or four tracks specifically throughout yep. the whole Long year. Straights. And this is one of them. This is one of them. Mm-hmm. And for them to Next not weekend get is another one. For them to not get a one-two in the race, yeah, and almost been the odd. Think they are a shambles of an organisation at the moment. They'll win Monza next week, sheerly because of the track and the way it's designed. Yep, yep. But it, it's like they designed the car. No, 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 no way. But Get out. But it's good over one lap. Their race pace was. Their race pace on Friday was terrible at best, and we saw the deterioration in that car once those tyres went off. Yeah, that's the so Mercs true. Are, so, so for me, the Mercs a lot better. I think if Merc had a. I mean, Hamilton made a couple of mistakes where he locked up and went wild, which lost yep. him. We're talking about Andy for butts here, but mm. still Mercedes for me were the best. All right. Well, let's go through team by team, guys, uh, and we'll start at the very back of the pack. Uh, but I, it's, it's, it's Williams, isn't it? Let's talk about Williams. Uh, not so much this week. I no, mean, I know, but I lots just, of other people fell out. But let's that's just talk how about Williams. Win. We'll start down there. Uh, George Russell and Robert Kubica. Gents, Kubica had a very smoky moment in qualifying, didn't he? That was yep. that engine was built. I've never seen so much smoke come out of an F F one car. Yeah, I, I've never seen that much. I don't know what it's attributed to either. It was interesting that the Mercedes be, had two power units oil, over the weekend. Does it have to be oil-related that well, much smoke? It had to be something that had completely gone disintegrated inside yeah. the actual unit itself. Uh, but, of course, I mean, yeah, as uh, Tommy, you were saying that uh, Kibitza was, was lapped a significant amount of times, wasn't he? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think he technically finished because he was lapped that many times. No, it was, one, it was only one lap. It was, it was a bit <laughs> of a joke. But, um, you know, Kibitza... He's still testing, isn't he? On race weekends. Yeah. He's a nice enough guy, still still doing some interviews, but I don't think he's hanging around next year, do you? No. Nope. No, okay. George Russell finishing in 15th. Uh, Kubica finishing in 17th, I should add as well, who was last ahead of the DNFs. Um, George. Uh, who did he beat? Kimmy. Oh, yeah, well, that's understandable. Because yeah, no, I get that. Kimmy was racing. Kimmy had about 13 pit stops as well. A, a, yeah. two, a 2009 spec car probably or something yeah. like that um, by the amount of damage that it took. I thought it was interesting. We were going to see this was the best grid position that Russell had started from in 14th. Um, yep. It would be nice to see him try and put up a defence with some cars behind him without getting blue flagged all the time, but... Yeah. It was three three laps and he was back at the back again. There was not really much fight he could the do. Remove blue flags. Not. Is that what you said, Campy? No blue flags. Just today. everyone that fight each other. Ooh. <laughs> that's Is that on the website? Of, that's my kind of race. You don't get blue flags until you're overlapped, but it's, it was always going to – nah, they'd give up. This wasn't a track that they nah. even thought they would be remotely competitive at either. Good start, though, from 14th. I mean, obviously the only reason that he's starting there is because of Seven million grid penalties. Having grid penalties. So Uh, in reflection, if everything went right, they didn't beat anyone in qualifying and they didn't beat anything anyone in the race. So terrible. Terrible. Let's not make let's not justify their poor performance. No, no, we don't need to. They 
don't, they don't justify anything themselves. Uh, Alfa Romeo, Kimi obviously taking a bit of a flight. Now, this is it. Alfa had a very interesting weekend with Ericsson missing IndyCar to come back. <laughs> and all these rumors were whirling around that he was going to replace Giovinazzi, who we bloody should have anyway, because look oh, at how good driver Giovinazzi is. I think that's a good move. Yeah. I think they should have done it for the second half of the season. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and here's Gio bloody binning it into a wall towards the very end of the race. Yeah, that, 42, in fact. I reckon that was mechanical. I don't think that was driver error. Mm. He's fully committed in that corner and that car. Like, that corner's flat. Just went straight on. What's it called? Pull-on? Is that what you, anyway, I basically, he was flat and it just, the car kicked and unsettled mid-corner yeah. flat out. There's All nothing I'm saying is that, that we need an excuse for Grosjean to say he, that Ericsson hit him before Grosjean left Formula 1, mate. We don't have that many races left, okay? If you're listening, anyone from Alfa Romeo slash Sauber, go log on to www.thomasjcamp.com.au forward slash this is how to be a better Alfa Romeo team <laughs> and you will find everything you need to know about how to get Ericsson back. Okay, I'm just saying, that's all we need to do. Um, Giovinazzi obviously crashing out. Raikkonen had a very interesting first corner. He had about 120 metres of the race where he was doing well, and then yeah. he went for a bit of a flight. Now, of course, he hurt his leg. So the main reason Ericsson was pulled out of his IndyCar race and brought over to Belgium was because Kimi had done something on a, a motorbike. Which that, we love. Which we love. And then he damages <laughs> his leg. Boys, it's better than a sore throat. Yeah. <laughs> humble. Um, a humble sore throat, you mean. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's, I love, Kimmy is just incredible. But and he qualifies. He's what, what a star, though, and how he just recovered from the fact that he was too willing for a bitter moment. Oh, yeah. he, his left leg was the one that was injured. The car goes up on its left, so he's probably pr- like holding himself up a little bit by pushing down his leg, which now hurts more than when it did before he started the race. And that's his br- like. There's just so much going on. The fact that he's still committed, yeah, okay, he got lapped, but he finished in sixteenth. What an absolute dude! Yeah. An absolute dude. I think we might have jinxed him. We were talking about him getting a podium when he qualified so well. Oh, he yeah, loves Spa. Like, no, he's going to get a podium in Monza. Yeah, Alfa Romeo is an Italian it's car. Let's be fine. You know, yep. they can win it as well. Okay, let's let's talk about Renault because we have to. Unfortunately, at this point, this far back down the grid, Daniel Ricciardo finishing in fourteenth. Um, I just like to point out that uh, clearly there is no one in strategy at Renault anymore. Because if you think that tires can go forty two laps, you're kidding yourself. Yes, there was a safety car, but the point was he was running with the ability to get into six. Now, Albon finished in fifth and pitted bef- well before Ricciardo. Sorry, he pitted a long time before the end of the race. If Ricardo had just followed Albon into the pits or even pitted a lap or two after, he would have sailed past people like Sergio Perez and Kvyat in the Toro Rosso and would have remained ahead of... There's so many things that could have happened. No, instead we'll leave the poor guy out there on 41 lap old tyres trying to do the race. Like, just... I don't don't think... Unbelievable stupidity by Renault. Look, his, his race was decided... After a stupid, stupid, juvenile driver on the first lap, right? New whipping boy. Yep. New whipping boy. You I don't can, mind. You can say uh, his sorry, name. I don't mind. I don't mind Renault taking a risk trying to leave him out because obviously the data showed that yes, they're going to be able to race it out. We know that the car had what some data. Foot- 
Well, because it was wrong. Well, I'm saying the data they would have been looking at for that they collaborated through Friday and Saturday practice sessions would have suggested to them that we can do this whole race on one set of tyres and still be within a pretty good operating margin of where we need to be. Now they took the gamble, and I don't mind them taking the gamble, but. What, ma- what was made clear to them was that they didn't factor in the damage that they had to the floor, which ultimately compromised him. Once those tyres fell off, they just deteriorated so quickly and his fall back was... It's devastating to watch, I don't mind it? him taking a risk like that, but it's frustrating to see it when Albon, when he's right behind Albon, then Albon goes on to get I think fit. the problem like is he just didn't what, pit at all, though. But what was the risk going to be? Like, I mean, they were risking nothing. Like they could have finished in the points. I hear what you're risk saying. Finish about more the in the points. Like it was, I hear what you're saying. It's, but it's, it's, it's devastating for us, mate. So. Mm. Uh, I'm not. I'm hearing you. I, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but also it's I completely don't. Fru- <laughs> it's com- it's completely up, frustrating me. If it wasn't yeah. for Lance Stroll, we wouldn't be in this. Oh, you said his name. Either. Jeez, I'm glad I'm sitting down. Let's quickly talk about Nico Hockenberg finishing in eighth. He had a uh, nothing race. He had really. another race because uh, he's been kicked out of the team. It would be really demoralising for him, to be honest. But now he's also this is a job interview. The next couple of races, yep. he needs to sort his life out. Oh. And he finished ahead of both horses. They finished eleventh and twelfth. We'll get to them next. But finishing in eighth. Qualified pretty well as well. Yep. But again, this Renault is the same as the Ferrari. They've gone down the same design path as Ferrari have. The fail path. Absolutely. <laughs> but they're one, one trick di- pony. They're one-dimensional cars, and we saw at Spa. Yeah. They, were, they were really quick in qualifying and qualified where they should have. And next week they're going to be quick as well. But these double headers haven't been good for Renault all year, the two that we've had previously. Yep. You're absolutely right. And so, it's sad because Danny Rick did a great job in qualifying uh, and then after all the engine penalties, even just being 10th on the, the starting grid. Yeah. And the way he drove really on that first lap, he left himself that much room. He He's driven here before. He knows what starts can be like around this place. Uh, he gave himself space. Car was in the perfect position, but and then juvenile dickhead behind neck him. Minute. Just, oh. Let's uh, we'll get to him. Let's talk about Haas. Oh, Let's talk about Tommy's ex-favorite team, uh, <laughs> K Mag and Roman Grosjean. K Mag finishing in twelfth and Roman finishing in thirteenth. Uh, Gene Haas was at the track as we saw, sitting next to K Mag ahead of the start of the race yep. for Martin Brundle's grid walk. But um, he was just saying any points will do. Mm, bad A news, bow. no points for you this time they around. Just kept slipping down the Didn't order. K Mag actually had a pretty good start. Let's yep. be fair. Uh, but every lap. Kept coming, yeah. another car came, and it was a force. On those oh, straights. I almost said force India, a racing point <laughs> or a Torosso or yep. anyone else that just got past her. It was ridiculous. Yeah. The DRS was really overpowered on the straights this weekend, um, but they just couldn't do anything. You saw Magnuson loves to do a lo- little double fake, and he was getting, he got warned a couple of times, I think, from race control, I saw, to not do double moves, trying to defend. But people just kept getting around him. Um, and then they just kept slipping, 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 and you could just tell that they were out of the points. They if just... you're Nico Hulkenberg and you're looking at that car, <laughs> it's not exactly a very pleasing out like aspect for you, is it? Nope. It looks good. They will okay, f- they it will... looks good, but there's not gonna that livery's not gonna yeah. be on the car next year because the energy drink doesn't exist. They'll fall next year. They'll Yeah, I'm really I'm concerned for them. Yeah. We can all be concerned. Together, okay. Not Nothing really race. concerned. Couldn't really care less. I care about Gunter. It's the only bit of <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I care about. <laughs> I think someone should poach Gunter from a top team. Yeah, send him to Renault. Send him to Renault. Oh, he could get, get rid of Cyril. Get rid of Cyril. Oh, no, he's not French. They won't let him happen. <laughs> won't let it happen. Where's, where's Gunter from? 
Uh, isn't he Dutch or? I think he's Austrian. Austrian. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, okay, let's talk. France side. France side. Let's talk about McLaren. <laughs> Trying to get you off there. Let's talk about <laughs> McLaren. I shout loudly. <laughs> let's talk about your drive of the day. Lando Norris had an incredibly good race. He, he was in no man's land for a long time. And you know what? When you're sitting in fifth and very pretty, you want to be that. Because, man, if that... The points haul he would have got for McLaren would have just solidified their position in fourth. But oh, and this was sad, isn't it? And Sainz was desperately depressed. Like, and it's lights out and away we go, except for Carlos. He's still, still sitting there. Yeah, McLaren still sitting there. McLaren still were sitting way there. off the pace. They were way off the Horrible pace. Horrible qualifying, weren't they? Sainz had a very unlucky qualifying with that red flag at the end of Q1. True. And so did Kvyat and Albon as well. Yeah. They went out on a... Huge set of softs for their first run, and they got held up on their second run yep. with that cubitzer. So, yeah, anyway. Dif- difficult situation. Yeah, but uh, look again, McLaren really could have done with this points haul, and they were one lap away of of getting it. Yeah, and Lando's my, best uh, finish in, in Formula One as well. Took a real yeah good beating this weekend. Yeah, yeah good. Mine didn't. <laughs> I didn't even mean to, and it didn't. Gasly even scoring points, and therefore I actually got some points. I a bloody thought. Uh, but before we go to former whipping boy, let's go to new whipping boy and talk about racing points. Lance Stroll finishing in 10th and Sergio Perez finishing in 6th. Checo was good all weekend. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Really good. Good qualifying pace. Not three years good, but okay, I'll accept, th- I'll accept <laughs> it as good for this time around. Let's talk about Lance Stroll. In saying that... Racing Point has fallen away from where they were last year. If you remember from the start of yes. last year's race. Well, this is exactly a year ago from when they well, were. The, well, the Force Indias, the Force Indias arguably had the lead for about five metres up the Campbell Strait. So. It's true. But, yeah, Perez was strong all weekend. He was, he was really good. But He is showing a lot of consistency, Checo. Let's, you know, to be fair to him, which I don't like being to everyone, but I'll be fair to him at this point. <laughs> Still don't think they should have signed for three years. Okay, whipping congratulations boy. to him, whipping boy. He's a boy, juvenile. What an absolute moron! Can't yeah, that start. No, you've lost me, mate. Yeah, you've absolutely lost me. Just unnecessary. He just had so much space. Got on the power so early. So it was just it was it was a dumb rookie mistake. Yep, it's a mistake he shouldn't be making three years into his career. Yeah, certainly not. He Especially said. with the fact that he's. You know, the, he has all of the time in the world to, to sit down and focus on being a better driver. I mean, they've got one Pablo Montoya there coaching him to be yep. a better driver. Not that I'm seeing much bloody good at that that's doing. He's probably getting paid fairly well. Yeah, I'm sure he is. Uh, but he, well, not from a KPI point of view. If I was paying him and saying, you need to deliver Lance doing a better job, I would be stripping all of that money away from him. But anyway, Lance just... Really, just rookie rookie hour this time around. He uh, he. If if you didn't realise, he's the one that's collided with Daniel Ricciardo at the beginning of the race, which is why we've had a big issue with DR for the rest of the race. He had damage to the floor, everything else from this massive shunt. And he went. He got and headlong, the didn't hot, he? The hot that Danny Rick like got off the ground was comparable to Raikkonen. Mm. It was that. Like, mm-hmm. It was that significant. And it was the rear of the car as well, and which yeah, is conveniently at least there's nothing important in the rear of a no, 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 car. Good. So it's all good. Look, if no. I'm Renault, I'm ringing his dad and going, "You're paying for that, mate, because that is just you pay for that sh- chassis, mate." It's it's easy to attack Stroll because his dad's a billionaire, and but also because he's a terrible and driver. And his dad spent almost seventy five million dollars 
to buy him a seat for two years at Williams and then buy him a team. It's easy to poke fun at him, but... And we will do that. And I... <laughs> but we've moved, past, we've moved past him performing two races of the year now. And, oh, yeah, he shows some glimpses. No, I'm off here, mate. All right, let's talk about former whipping boy then Pierre Gasly finishing in ninth for Toro Rosso and Danny Kvyat finishing in seventh. Again, I'm going to say this, Pierre actually drove a pretty good race this time around. The fact, I mean, there's no... there's. Not Got. as much pressure. There's still pressure, but there's a reduced amount of pressure. He's back in a car that he's used to. I think he did pretty well. He defended a, very well a lot of the time up in that uh, that top straight against a yep. lot of more powerful cars. Still got beaten. Still got beaten, but he still defended well. Yep. And he, I know he beat Kvyat in qualifying, but yep. um, that was because, they, as I said, they used soft tyres, but used soft tyres in their first run. Yes. Their yep. second run was compromised, yep. but... He still got beaten by Kvyat all weekend. He was still three and a half tenths behind him. And that's okay for going back to a new team and adapting. But yep. He needs to be better next weekend. Uh, Kiv- certainly. Kvyat. For seventh for Kvyat. It's, it's great. It's a really stocks, good. His stocks are just going up in my opinion. Yeah. Toro Rosso, though, just having a good time this time around. Though, mm-hmm. you, you talk about a team that the only – you got Ferrari and Mercedes and then Toro Rosso is the third team to, to score up to both two drivers as high as possible. So that's really, really exciting, I think, for Toro Rosso, uh, having a good time now because often they were flailing towards the back of the pack for years. It was terrible to look at. You know, even when Seb was driving for them, they weren't exactly awesome all the time, were they? Anyway, that's uh, – look, it's, it's good to see – I feel for Pierre, really I do. And now that he's not the whipping boy anymore, we can show him a bit of love. Isn't that right, Campy? Don't know about love. Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, Red Bull. Max Verstappen, unfortunately not his fault living up to Max Verkrashen at this. Well, it was his fault to begin with, but then going straight into the barriers before Rouge. Uh, What happened, Campy, with him coming into the Uh, first corner? Clumsy by Max. Too eager in my opinion. Yep. Got a bad start off the line, saw a gap which was always going to close. And these drivers aren't dumb. They watch replays and starts from previous years and analyse everything. I just think it was a dumb mistake by Max. Yeah. I mean, when he took it, it was there. But once he overcommitted, yep. it's too hard to back out of. Max's fault for me. So yeah. Max causing the Raikkonen crash, Raikkonen going hard up in the right-hand side of his car going up. Yep. And then uh, obviously Max, that just buggered Max's steering, didn't it? And his front left wheel wasn't really connected to the car anymore and he belted down towards Radian and then could found been, he couldn't turn right. <laughs> it could have been a different race for Red Bull if yeah. Max was oh, in, totally. in fifth. Could have been a different race for Kimi. Could, yeah. yeah, I mean, Kimi was in such a good. If if Max hadn't have taken him, Kimi was in a very good position there to be in fifth. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Do we think that this is the biggest hole in Max's game starting? No, I think so. He's shown this year that he's struggled with starts. I think you're right, actually, Tommy. He hasn't been like he hasn't got a lot of holes in his game, but this is the he one. He doesn't have that good a record this year for his no. starts. Yeah, he loses a place Austria. pretty quick. Austria, he had a pretty rubbish start as well, yep. Campy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that he, he can't. won that race. Yeah, but the start, back, he didn't he win. Still, <laughs> he still needs to be no, better on the start. I think he's pretty good. But the, you the would. people you would, that tattoo is still no, very much strong. The, the, the people that he's starting against are the Mercs and the Ferraris, and those cars are just as quick as what he's in. No, you're right. He pants everyone else, so whether he gains positions or not, it, 
I think if we're going to say there's a hole in his game, it's starting for me. He's had a couple of like kind of anti-stalls. He's had a couple of sluggish kind of looks. He hasn't been as quick off the line making moves, which we see Lewis is elite at starting and often takes a place before the first corner. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Like, Lewis yeah. is a very good starter. Yeah. Sorry, who? Don't talk about him. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Uh, Albon. Very good. Yeah, good boy. Very, An inc- very good. Incredibly good drive from him yep. this time out. Oh, I know. Can't be just, can you just show a bit of joy for once? Uh, but we've, no, you we've okay. seen Big every refuse. track this year that if one of the top six cars starts from the back, they make it back through to that. Which six, they should, but I think they make it back. He through still that has to position. go through all the traffic. He still has to do all of these things. Like you need to give credit for the person actually driving it. Has I don't. He, I don't think what's his name Gasly would have done it. No, no totally. totally right. I think he outperformed Gasly. I just. Yep. Um, Martin Brundle said this as well. On the move that on Ricardo that Alwan did, I'm he not going to jump up and down about the kid yet. Okay, well, I'll jump up and down about him. He said that this is the kind of move that Red Bull need to be seeing and something that Gasly wouldn't have done. No, exactly. Yep. And he's right. Because yep. it's, it's you know, he was Pierre was playing a too safe a game for a team that is known for not being safe. So yep. you have calculated risks, absolutely, and then you have stupid things. And to be honest, I think the fact that Max did what he did actually shines a better light on Albon this time around than it would have done if Max had stayed in the race. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll look forward to Monza to see where he's For really sure. at in qualifying. Yeah, well, no, he's, had a, he's had yeah. a race in it and he's finished in the points. In first practice, he was only like one or two tenths off Max's pace. Max wasn't very happy with the car, but for his first session in the car, that was pretty impressive. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Very and impressive. We know Around a, a big track too. And stuff and like, you know, there's yeah. lots going on and practice is always yeah. really nothing yeah, you can yeah, take yeah, from yeah. it. But yeah. Again, it's super impressive. We're really keen. I mean, you know, he's from Thailand, guys. So he's a, he's practic he's the close to Australian as <laughs> bloody Brendan Hartley. <laughs> <laughs> Except he's much more better. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about Ferrari. Um, Sebastian Vettel finishing in fourth, and of course Charles Leclerc taking the win uh, first. Obviously, that means taking the win and. Incredibly hard day for him as well. You know, he he sounded really sad on the radio. He's like, yes, first Formula One victory. Yeah. Obviously carrying a lot of weight. There is a lot of clouds around him in terms of losing people and then his progression in racing, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Really sad. (laughs) Anyway, Seb Vettel having to get out of the way when he realized, he said to in the post race, was it to Natalie Pinkham that uh, once he realized that he couldn't really position or for a podium, that he was doing it for the team. He would say that, though. Well, he debated, well, correct. Right, and a, also because he did. He had to. It's a, I mean, it's a different Sebastian to the one we saw at Red Bull, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Get out of the way for Mark. Just, no. look at, just look at the mindset. Yeah. Seb wouldn't have done that no. seven or eight years ago. He did have older tyres, though. I don't think he was going to hold up much of a fight. Like, No, you're I, absolutely I reckon, right. I reckon Ferrari threw him under a bus, to be honest. I thought they wanted the win so bad that they were willing to sacrifice Vettel just for the win. Yep. And I think that's what happened. I said to you guys in the message, you know, it it, uh, it surprises me that Ferrari aren't backing their return on investment. The, the amount of money that they're paying Seb. They've yeah. given him three years and he hasn't performed. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, I think it's interesting that you've got a dual strategy, could have gone either way this there. Is what Ferrari I just don't did. know what Ferrari could have done to give him a better finish. Like what, what was the move? Keep him out. Yeah, keep, keep him out longer. Keep and him then, out for another seven or eight laps and hope. But then Mercedes had just undercut him. And it obviously shows was what the, I thought. The undercut like, was working. The undercut was working. I think Checo pulled the undercut first, didn't he? That showed to everyone else that okay, this is actually this is a good idea. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just really disorganised team again. I mean, yeah, congratulations, guys, you won. That's cool. But 
just all over as a team. He's still very siloed. There's not the left hand isn't talking to the right. Seb doesn't look happy again. I, I actually I said it at the start. Ferrari underperformed for this weekend. For how quick that car was in qualifying and how quick it was down the straights. Leclerc had Seb's number the whole weekend as well. He was much faster he across did, yeah. every bit of the race. He did, yeah. Yep. And that's uh well look, I mean he's the rising star, isn't he? He's also but not getting paid be a sinister thing from Ferrari as well. I mean, I think I think back to when Seb partnered Alonso for the Alonso's final year at Ferrari. It's the same thing. Alonso's performances just kept getting worse, worse and worse. Seb seemingly kept getting better, better and better. And it wasn't because they're just turning down his power unit, you reckon? Well, Ooh. I'm sinister when it comes Ooh, to this stuff. There's, I, there's a I, bit think of Ferrari, juice. I think Ferrari's already made a decision on Vettel for next year. Right. I, yeah, I think you're right. I think you, uh, uh, Danny and, might be taking that seat after all. And they are not going to be – They when Ferrari makes a decision, there's no way they're going to let a driver justify their performances in the last nine right? If they've made a decision on yeah. him, something behind closed doors is just going to be – he's just going to continually – stocks and go down, 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 right, said before. Step. I think that's what's happening. Wouldn't that be funny him going to, back to Red Bull next year? Oof. I think he probably will. Yeah, Ooh, that would be actually really cool. He would, he's, yeah, he'd do some damage there as well. I reckon him and Max would be a great pairing. Absolutely. Mm. All right. Well, let's finish with that. There's no other teams that we need to talk about, and specifically <laughs> no other people. No, okay. Well, let's talk about Mercedes. VB uh, Valtteri Bottas obviously re-signing for another year. He good decision. Much good happier decision all there. around. Yeah. I look. I agree. I don't think uh, there was no reason to get rid of him. He was still performing very well. He was a different person to what he was last year. You know, he he's the number two driver of Mercedes and consistently he's performed at the number two position except for the times where he's performed at number one. Great. All right. So cool. Yep. You're, you're bloody winning races. Good on you. And then you're either yep. coming second or third or fourth, really. So the points haul is significant. I mean, Mercedes is going to win the championship. Like that's, okay, that's done. That's oh, signed and delivered. Yeah, close to locked out now. got the constructors locked down. Yeah. The driver's pretty much locked down. Absolutely. There's a bit of a battle for second place, but. I think VB will hold that though, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I think he will as well. So, yeah, I think, yeah, Valtteri's has done a great job over the weekend coming in third. There wasn't a whole lot for him to do. He just kind of just hung in there, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yep, that was good, good. And I, th- uh, Lewis- I think he had perception. He had a good perspective on what the race was, though. Yep. And he turned his engine down and saved it. Yep, yeah, and the gearbox as well. You're absolutely right. Smart. And Lewis, obviously, as you said, can't be the very beginning of the episode. If there was another lap or two, you would have seen Lewis take the checkered flag. I would have liked to see and Mercedes cover off Vettel. I think that would have been a fun tactic to kind of play or towards the end of the race, just chuck on some softs and go again and see how much quicker you can get a lap time and try and chase down Leclerc. They had that gap between Vettel. Like they really could have chased. I think for that strategy to work, I hear what you're saying, but for it to work, the Mercs needed to put, they needed to pit on lap sort of 12 to 15. Yeah. After the safety to commit to that two stop for it to work. Yep. Once they sort of committed to that lap, eighteen yeah. to twenty four, whenever they pitted, the two stop strategy is mm. out the window and it doesn't work from there. They need to do it really early in a track position and stuff. It might have yeah. worked if we didn't have so much safety car at the start, but mm. yeah, interesting all around, gents. Well, that is. The recap of after the summer break, thank goodness. But the good news is we've got a bloody another race this weekend. We're back into it. Monza. Uh, Monza, which uh, is auto default Ferrari victory territory. Yeah, they will win. 
They will win. It's one, just a matter are we saying of one, two? two? And I reckon if Vettel doesn't win... I want Vettel to win next weekend. You would. Yeah, I want Vettel to win next weekend no, as well. Because if you're not if aware, Ferrari, I'm very anti-Vettel. <laughs> if Ferrari are treating him like I just said, then I want Vettel to beat Leclerc and come back and be like, mate, I've been around the block a few times. Yeah, I desperately want Seb to win a race as well this year. I really do. I wanted to win this time, but obviously just wasn't his day. Tommy, who do you want to win? Well, I think... We wanted Kimmy to win this week, but I think this Let's could be hopefully... realistic. Who's going to win? <laughs> it's not going to be an Alfa Romeo. No, I th- I'm hoping Leclerc. Ooh, yeah. Okay. All right. As long as it's not Mercedes, that's everyone's happy. Yes. With that. You made me sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's not not many sleeps to go through until we're we're back onto the F1 show on Thursday. And uh, gents, well, it's been an absolute pleasure recapping this after a bit of a summer slash winter spring autumn break. <laughs> Who knows what season it is anymore? Uh, and we're looking forward to seeing you all in Monza. As we said at the beginning of the episode, if you haven't had a chance, please do this now. Please rate us five stars. Leave a review if you can. We do read them. We love your feedback. And of course, you can find us on Instagram at ozf one au. SF1. Gents, thanks for your time. We'll see you in Italy. Sports Social Podcast Network.